Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we're able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. I am again joined by Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Yeah, so I was reading that the New York and Berlin marathons have been canceled. Can you imagine how hard that decision was to make for the race directors? I mean, we have a, a small race here in our community, and uh, we've been struggling. We had to, we've already had to postpone it to, to August the 15th, and uh, man, that's got to be a tough, tough decision. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Do you, do you think that cancellation helps or hurts the sports? I, I, I think you can make an argument both ways. I do. I think it's the same argument that we've been having about our churches, honestly. Um, you, my fear is with churches and, and possibly even with running is that uh, maybe not so much running because that's, a, that's an activity that you can still do, but with churches especially – are people starting to set new patterns, uh, mm-hmm. new habits? And, and I hope that's not the case. Um, I hope that when races open back up uh, and when churches fully open back up, that people will flock back uh, to both of those because, um, yeah, I hope this is not a negative effect of COVID. I think I hope that there's a positive effect and that people realize how much they miss it. And that they come flocking back. Yeah, that's what I, I was thinking about. I, I've been noticing that on ESPN, they're they're playing tons of old footage of old football games and basketball games and different sports. And I'm sure there are people watching those because they just got to get their fix. And so when it when we get back to a college football season or or even a, an NFL season. They're going to be people wanting to tune in so bad, and I'm hoping that from a running standpoint, people are the same way to want to get back to races, and certainly from a church standpoint, people are watching online more than ever, and hopefully those folks are going to want to come back to church. Yeah, and I think there's another side to that coin, too. I mean, I, I think we've, as a society, we've realized there's things out there that maybe we don't need mm. as a result of this. I know in my life, there are several things that you know, you question why you did it before. Not really bad things, but things that just took up time. You know, I've been talking about how that's one thing that God's really spoken to me about is, you know, all the things that we thought were important, that we thought we had to do, COVID's done away with, and we've realized that maybe we don't need to go back to those things. Um, And I, I hope that church and races, you know, good things in our life, I hope that those haven't been filled with other things with a lot of people. Um, because I know our, our church has started back on a, on a limited basis. And, man, that first Sunday, it never felt so good. Just Because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a high-fiver, a hugger, and a handshaker. And <laughs> while I'm still not able to do that, I am able to walk up to people and, and talk to them. I, I love the interaction. I, I talked to a lady yesterday, though, who she's a, she's a natural introvert and she's loved this time uh but i'm an extrovert i like i like to have this dialogue and talking to people face to face i'm so sick of zoom it's not even funny yeah uh great technology and it's been a big help but i'm just ready to get back to 
to a sense of normalcy. And hopefully that's coming soon. I read where there are 160 potential vaccines out there right now, and three of them are actually going into that phase three testing for the next few months. And hopefully at least one of those three is going to be effective and we'll have it maybe even by September, October. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, I think this has really made our our medical field, our medical studies and and all the bureaucracy that at one time you had to go through and all a lot of that's for good reason but i think some of it was for not and uh so yeah if 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 they get a a a vaccination in the time frame that they're kind of talking i think that'll be a a record yeah by far yeah and uh, so that's one of the good things now (laughs) i I noticed on your notes you talk about the the vaccine and 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 have being the first patient to take that i think for me it's kind of like that you know that newest iPhone update? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be the first one to get that because <laughs> some things are going to crash. And, and so I, I think there's going to be some, there's going to be a time period where they're maybe figuring some things out that they didn't quite know about the vaccination. So I don't know if I'm going to be the first one to run out and get it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, you know, the advances yeah. in medicine during this time is incredible. Yeah, it really is, and and there are there are a number of people out there who are wary of any vaccine. Yeah, and those folks probably won't won't ever get the vaccine, right. and, and that's okay. But if we can get a good, substantial most of the population into a vaccine, maybe we can get this thing out of here and do away with it. Right. Um, listen, you can send your messages if you've got questions about our podcast. If you've got topics you'd like to cover if you'd like to share your story we'll talk about that here in a little bit more but uh anything that you've got questions about you can send those messages to dean at runforgod.com and we'll be glad to answer any question that you've got and uh, if we don't know the answer we'll find an answer (laughs) and if you don't know about run for god and you just happened up on this podcast then please go to runforgod.com and learn more about who we are, what we do, and how we share the gospel with the running community. Now, as always, we are proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform, and one that has an updated app. If you're out there and you have an Android phone, then you are in luck, because the J Radio app has recently been updated, and it is Nothing less than spectacular. Uh, so check that out. If you're a, an Apple user, you have to wait a little bit longer. It's in the process, and hopefully that'll be available to you real soon, the updated app. So go out there and check out J Radio. As a Christian runner, you might find it hard to decide what to listen to while you run. If you're looking for positive and Christian music that will help you keep your pace, check out the Radioactive Station on the new J Radio. We'll take care of picking the music so that you can concentrate on your run. Plus, you can count on us to make sure that the music is uplifting and encouraging. Check out jradio.com or download the app in your app store. Okay, so don't forget that we would love to hear your story. You can send them directly to me. You can send them through the the, the uh, devotions tab on the Run for God page. However you want to get that to us. Get us your story. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know about your intersection between running and your faith and how it's made a difference in your life. We would love to share your story. And don't forget, Run Club folks go straight to the head of the line mm-hmm. if we get your story. So. Uh, this story this week, I absolutely love this story, and it just proves that God is everywhere. And I love it when 
when God is in things that we don't necessarily associate with God. Mm-hmm. Mitchell, I don't know if you've ever heard the, the group Apologetics, mm-hmm. and they do these parody music. Yeah. And oftentimes their songs are parodies of songs that are very anti-Christian songs. Um, I mean, I can think of some off the top of my head that are they are they're not songs that Christians probably should listen to. And they'll do parodies of them, and they'll put Christian lyrics to those songs. I just think that's great. Yeah. I, I, well, I, you're also a Weird Al Yankovic guy. I am. And and I never have really got into that. I kind of roll my eyes when I hear it. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that love that stuff. In any way, we can inject Christ into whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, whether it be music or, or whatever. That's a good thing. Yeah. There's interesting ways to do that. Yeah. And this week's story comes from Robin Nunley, who lives not far from here in Ultawa, Tennessee. And her story is entitled, Worms on the Running Path. My family has enjoyed Kanakuk's K. Kauai Christian, that's hard to say, (laughs) family camp for the last three years. We all look forward to returning each summer. We talk about camp all year long. We reflect fondly on the wonderful memories from the previous years, and we anxiously await the memories yet to come. We have enjoyed other vacations over the years, too, such as cruises, trips to theme parks, and trips to the beach. But there's something special about our time at Kennecuck that keeps us coming back for more. Some people like to sleep on vacation, and they mark that very high on their priority list. I, however, have found something that feeds my soul much more than sleeping ever will. I look forward to waking up before the others. I lay my running gear out the night before so I can wake up, brush my teeth, get dressed, and out of the room without disturbing my family. I finish pulling my hair back and putting my shoes on outside. I soak in the quiet surroundings that will later be hustling and bustling with children, counselors, and parents. I climb down the stairs to the lower fields along the river. This is my time. This is why I wake up early. This is my time to breathe deep and start my daily conversation with God. I turn my praise and worship music on and do my dynamic stretches. And after a few minutes, I am ready to run. Branson, Missouri is steamy and hot in July. But the morning breeze off Lake Como provides a much-needed breath of fresh air. The cool water from the lake emits a layer of fog. Ducks and geese are floating peacefully in the water. And I begin my run. I thank God for the day before, for the opportunity to come back to camp with my family, and for how he has and how he will move in our lives during the week. I begin to ask him for eyes that will see what he has for me today. I want to slow down this week, and I want to shut out the distractions of my busy life back home. I want to be truly, fully present. This hot July morning, as I was beginning my run, God had something specific for me. I was soaking in my surroundings, listening to my music, and beginning my morning conversation with God. I had only been running for a short time. As I looked down the path before me, I noticed some worms had crawled crawled out from the damp dew-covered grass and onto the paved path. This path was used for walking and running and would later be heating up as the July sun started to rise. Even though I had just started my run and these were just a bunch of slimy worms, I felt compelled to pick them up and place them back in the grass. 
They weren't safe there on the paved path, and I had the ability to return them to safety. How silly was that? I was up early and down by the lake for my morning run and my morning time with God. Wouldn't my family get a kick out of me stopping to save worms by picking them up and tossing them back into the grass? I've been known to save turtles crossing the road and have also reunited a lost dog or two with their owners, but stopping to save these slimy worms would surely generate some laughter from my family later on. Silly or not, I made the decision to stop my run and begin trying to save the worms. As I tried to pick the first one up, it wiggled all around and I couldn't even get a grip on it at first. When I did manage to get a grip on it, it wiggled out of my fingers and back onto the path. If you've ever tried picking up worms, I imagine you know exactly what I was experiencing. I reached back down and grabbed the worm and managed to quickly, gently toss it back into the grass. Although I was already frustrated by the worm, I reached for a second worm. I heard the same, had the same struggle with this worm in my attempt to pick it up and toss it to safety. I said out loud, you silly worm, you're not safe here. I'm trying to help you. I'm just trying to pick you up and return you to where you belong, to where you'll be safe. Don't you know you don't belong on this path? Why are you fighting me? It was at that very moment as I was talking to a worm, <laughs> yes, a worm, that God was really speaking to me. I heard him say, how often are you like this worm? How many times have you been on a path you didn't belong on? You were not safe. I was only trying to pick you up and get you to safety, but you wiggled. You resisted me. You used your own strength and you fought me. Don't be like these worms. Relax and trust me and I will get you to safety back where you belong. After I tossed the last worm back into the grass, I wiped my hands off in the damp grass and with my shirt. I wiped the tears from my eyes. I restarted my run. My run was extra special that morning, all thanks to some slimy worms and most of all, thanks to my awesome God who can and will use any opportunity to speak truth into my life. Wow. I love this story. You know, we can find God in just about everything, and this just proves it, even worms. You know, as you started reading, I knew exactly where this was going. I, I haven't actually read this, and uh, I knew exactly where this was going. It's like God was talking to me as you started reading this because I'm a silly, slimy worm all the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Robin just nailed it. Great, great job, Robin. Yeah, yeah. She had three great scriptures that are directly related to what she writes about here. In Psalm 5, 3, it says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly, which is what she was doing. And then Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me early and diligently shall find me, even in some worms. And then Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And I guess we could add to that, put you on the right path. Right. <laughs> she has some questions here. The first question is, have you ever been on a dangerous path you did not belong on? Yes. <laughs> I mean, short answer, yes. Is there anybody that can answer no to that question? Right. Yeah, I just, I, I you know, you can, you know, I always say hindsight's twenty twenty. It's an old cliche, but um, that's why I say a lot of times, 
you know, so many times in society, people say, don't look back, keep marching forward, don't look back. But I always say you have to look back because it's when you look back that you can see the hand of God moving in your life and gently pushing you back onto those paths or getting you off of those paths that you don't need to be on. And the only way that we can recognize those paths looking forward is to look back at, at where he's guided us before. Because in the moment, a lot of times, it's you feel like, you know, he's, 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 uh, he's being heavy-handed. And, yeah. and sometimes God has to be heavy-handed with us. I know he does with me. Sometimes he's got to knock takes, me upside the head to get my attention. Takes a two-by-four sometimes. Right. And, and I need that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I th- I've never heard I've never heard this put quite like this. She just did a great job, and and uh, way to go, God, for for using something <laughs> like a path and worms to illustrate what He does in our lives. That's just incredible. It's just amazing, and I think about some of the, you know, we have these big things. Oftentimes, we think about things like um, you know, just bad habits, people who are addicted to something mm-hmm. negative. Um, those kinds of things are the things we immediately think about when we think about being on the wrong path. But being on the wrong path is a lot of times it's a lot more subtle than that. Mm -hmm. And so I think about um, eating. You know, eating is a big subject of mine right now because Mm -hmm. I've been on a different diet. I have really been eating clean over the last month, and I can feel a difference in my body. But for years, and you've heard me Mm -hmm. justify going to McDonald's four or five times a mm-hmm. week, right? Yep. Uh, and we, we do that. Um, we, sometimes the dangerous path is not necessarily a t- – that wasn't a terrible path. I was still – I was still able to run. I was still able to function. It wasn't – in my opinion, that's not super unhealthy, but it's not as healthy, healthy as it could be. Right. And so, Well, a lot of times that, that goes for our idols as well. It you does. Know, who, who would have ever thought that, that running could be an idol? Yeah. But it, it was in my life for – or people have so many things that that take them away from Christ, and yeah, it's it's the same it's the same scenario. Yeah, yeah. And the Bible tells us, you know, that the path that we are to choose is narrow. Right. And I think we miss that sometimes, and we think that there's this God wants us to build this big, wide open. It's not wide open. Right. It's a very specific path that He's He wants us to be on. Exactly. And all of our paths are different too. I think that's worth acknowledging as well. But yeah. Your path and my path are they're two different paths, right. and that's good. Yeah. So, um, question number two: How did you get from the dangerous path to safety? I, I think it's I think it's your your time. It's how much time you spend with God, how much time you spend in His Word and prayer. Um, you, you know, sometimes God doesn't a heavy hand sometimes he doesn't use a two before and it's um it's in those moments of quietness that that we hear you know you always hear the still small voice um but sometimes he's not being loud with us and he's mm. he's gently trying to pick us up and and you know robin robin could have walked up and, and kicked those worms off with her shoe and knocked them over into the grass and and a lot of times that's the way god does us is is he really has to get our attention but a lot of times it's it's subtle Mm-hmm. And it's it's the small things that um, we don't really know that that's God until a day later or weeks later or even years later we look back and we say, oh, okay, God, I see what you were doing there. And a lot of times we do that because we're facing something presently. And we, we saw his hand then, and we can recognize his hand now. 
because we could recognize it back then. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I can think of several times in my life where I've kind of had to rechart my path just just because of, of thoughts even um, lately, the things, some of the things that are in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, got to re, I've got to reorient my thinking often because – we see things we, we don't like, and we get a little angry about those things, and um, that's not of God. It's Mm-mm. just not. And uh, even subtle things like that, I think it's important. And I think your point is, is great that you don't recognize that if you're not close to him. And if right. you're not talking with him regularly, then you're probably not going to recognize those And some things, one of the things we need to understand is many times the voice of God um, – can be audible and it can be heard through those closest to us you know god speaks through my wife to me often you know she don't know that that's what's going on um but god will use a lot he has a lot of tools in his arsenal that he'll use to get our attention and one of those is not only is it scripture and and prayer with him but it's those closest to us yeah and um you know my, my wife always makes the uh she she always jokes that she's my little helper uh, and you know, like when we're driving and, you know, I'm not paying attention and she gives me the whole brake check onto the chest of sticking her arm out and, and I know I'm about to hit something. And, but many times God will speak to us through those closest to us and we have to learn to pick that out. Yeah. Um, because way, while we, you know, when HR confronted me 10 years ago that I had let the sport of running, uh, become an idol in my life, I didn't want to hear that. Yeah. I was offended when he said that, but it's very clear now that, that and, and HR will tell you, he didn't want to say that to me. Yeah. But he really felt God convicting him to say that, and look what happened. And yeah. uh, so we've got to be able to, we've got to learn to pick those things out and learn to look back and see see where God has used those people. Boy, that is, that is, that's a mouthful. And I think about that. I, I'm the same way. I tell Debbie sometimes that I am not sure how I get from place to place when she's not in the car. Well, see, Holly tells me that. <laughs> I don't tell Holly that, but she tells me that, and I just shake uh, my head. Uh, but, yeah, you, you're absolutely right, and Debbie does that to me sometimes. She's like, you know, sometimes she just points out that, you know, you sound really silly right now. And it's it's great for her to point that out. And <laughs> the, the first your first thought is the same thing with you and HR, was you want to bristle up. Oh yeah, but then you you realize what this is coming from place of love. You, Holly's thing is you just need to calm down. And yeah. I, I do not like hearing that in the moment, but <laughs> yeah. within ten seconds I realize yeah how dumb whatever it is I'm doing looks or sounds or and she's real she is she's she's my helper. How and fortunate uh, it is we have those around us? We like both that. married up for yes, sure. Yes, we did. Man, question number three: Has God ever used an unlikely situation or circumstance to speak to you? <laughs> Lots of times, and I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here trying to think of a few right now. Um, well, I think about how uh, the, all of the devotions that I've written—they're almost all that way. They're yeah. almost all unusual things that I saw or I heard that lead to a story. The story that I have this week. It came from something that I just I just overheard, and I thought, wait, that's an idea. I mean, it, it, there's there's connections all around us. Yeah, and I think a lot of times for me, it's it's music. You know, I don't know how many times, and we're sitting in J103's studios, and and they're famous for talking about this as they should. But you know, a song will come on the radio that you've heard a hundred times, maybe more than that, 
Yeah. And and I think of the song. Um, I'm trying to think of the song. It's Mercy Me. Uh, I can't even think of the name of the song right now. But I remember w- one day in particular, that song brought me to tears. I can only imagine, maybe. Um, no. No, it was it was their newer one. Okay. Uh, we'll come back to that. But anyway, I'd heard that song many times. Is it even if? Yeah, um, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And sometimes God, you know, and that's what's the great thing about Christian music is God will put songs in people's lives. The DJs don't know they're doing it. Yeah. The staff here at J103 don't know that they're doing it, but God will use that song. And you hear people call into the radio all the time and say, I, I know they had a call in just here recently saying, uh, my daughter took my gun and was going to kill herself. And a song came on the radio, and it stopped her wow. in her tracks. And the mom was calling in just to, you know, crying and thanking J103 for, for being there because, you know, when Ted punched up to play that song, he didn't know what was going to happen, but God did. Yeah. And so it's it can be nature. It can be just like Robin talked about going out and seeing God can it can speak to us just through his creation. Yeah. And uh so but we've got we've got to have that close relationship. We've got to be in prayer and in his word to be able to recognize those times when it happens. Sometimes the two before to the head is I hear that song and I break down and I start crying. Um but then there's other subtle times which that we may not see if we're not walking close to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great point. I I like to watch um New Yankee Workshop. That's probably Land, one of Landon's favorite I things, too. I love New Yankee Workshop. Uh, yeah. And recently, I, I pulled up a couple of old videos of New Yankee Workshop because I was looking Well, there's no new ones. Yeah, there aren't any <laughs> new ones. But these were, these were. I mean, like the first season. Norm was a young man. Norm was a young man. <laughs> and uh, it was just neat to see those. But um, but it's amazing the the things that God can use in a headline or a video like that or maybe it's a sermon and you might expect to find those things in a sermon you probably expect to find those things on j103 in a song but they're powerful nonetheless right and uh yeah and in this case with robin just being on a run early one morning absolutely yep there is power in people's stories what I did need and what I was begging for was a relationship that I didn't know that I, I needed and only God could give it to me. I started hearing all these stories that just made me realize this was the right move. I'm here to give these people hope through what Christ can do in their life. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. Okay, we're back. And so... Get out there and check out that Big Share app. It's a great app and a great way to share your story. You can not only share your story with us, but you can share your story with J103 as well through their Big Share app. So um, do that if you haven't done that and you've got that story out there that you just know people want to hear. You know, talking about Robin's story, it's one of those things where we talked about justifying things. Mm And Have you ever had one of those things that you just kept justifying over and over and over again? I, I do. I have one of those things, and and a lot of people listening to this may not know this. If you've seen my story, or if you've watched my story on the on the on the come on, let's go. Um, there was a time when I was a smoker. Yeah. And uh, you know, I 
I, I tried for years to quit smoking. I did the gum and I did the patch and I did the peel and I did everything. But the bottom line was I wasn't successful because I really didn't want to quit. And the, the concept of quitting, uh, I had that picture in my head and I, I kind of wanted that, but I enjoyed smoking. That's, that's the, that's the addictive part of it. And, and it wasn't until the day when I finally decided I need to quit justifying this. And once I decided to stop justifying it and I decided that I really wanted to quit and I actually took it to God, I didn't need a pill. I didn't need the patch. I, I laid that pack of cigarette down, it's half full and I quit. Wow. And, uh, but yeah, so many times we're not able to do things because in the back of our mind, we may not even be conscious that we're doing it, but we're justifying it. Yep. Uh, we're saying, well, I'm not, you know, me smoking is not really hurting anybody else. Well, yes, yes, it was uh, to begin with, but we, we do that so many times with a lot of things. You, you mentioned here, you know, eating habits, you know, so many times we justify that. We, yeah, we, and you... And you know what it took for me? I was kind of, kind of like you. I just had to say, okay, I'm just going to go out and buy all this stuff. And I'm not going to buy any meat. And, and I'm just going to have, this is what's going to be in my refrigerator. I'm not going to have any choice. Right. And you just say, okay, starting tomorrow, my whole mindset about eating changes. And we do the same thing in our walk with Christ. We Good. think, well, you know, I'm, I'm too busy yeah. to read my Bible in the morning. Well, that's, I'm sorry, but that's hogwash. You know, we, you say it all the time. We make time for the things that are important to us. That's right. And, you know, we, we justify our shortcomings in our walk with Christ. Well, I, 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 can't, I can't make it to church tonight because I've got too much to do. Um, I can't read my Bible in the morning because I have to get to work. We'll get up a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. and, and these are things I've struggled with. You know, I, I do my quiet time in the morning before I do anything else. And I don't know how many days a week, it's a lot that I wake up and I have this battle in my mind of, I, I need to get the day started. I need to go do this. I need to go do this. And uh, I, I struggle with that daily of, of getting, and it's because I justify, it's because of what you're talking about. Yeah, here. absolutely. And listen, if you're out there and you don't have that battle in your mind, we'd love to hear your story because exactly. it would be incredible. <laughs> Uh, hey, it's time for Dean's Thoughts, which is a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this week's story, it's called, It's in Our DNA. The definition of DNA is this, deoxyribonucleic acid, a self-replicating material which is present in nearly all living organisms as the main constituent of chromosomes. It is the carrier of genetic information. <laughs> deoxyribonucleic acid isn't that fun to say <laughs> when you realize that the word acid is the a in dna does that clear some things up about the way we all act sometimes <laughs> did you know that your dna could stretch from the earth to the sun and back about 600 times isn't that unbelievable with all that complexity we're still confused as to why we have problems understanding each other if you have ever wondered just how powerful God is, consider that he is the author of DNA, and as complex as it is, it's just the tip of his designed iceberg. 
Our success in anything is partially determined by our DNA. If you have a talent for art, it is encoded in your DNA. If you have an inclination to love the numbers associated with accounting or engineering, it is in your DNA. My genetic makeup is chiefly responsible for the running talent that I have. Not everyone can be a great runner, no matter how hard we try. If it's not in the DNA, it's not going to happen. It would be like me saying, I'm going to be six feet two inches tall. It simply can't happen. But what makes running and my height different is that even though I can't be taller, I can be a better runner. We can all work a little harder or a little smarter or be to be better runners. Maybe the best thing about running is that similar to the fact that we all have a height, short or tall, we almost all have the ability to, to adapt to running. But I hear people who are discouraged all the time about how they wish they were faster runners. We need to realize that we are who, we, who our DNA says we are, and we should be content with both our height and our running ability. I'm pretty fast for my age, but I have a terrible memory. I love the fact that I can run fast, but I don't care for the fact that I can't remember a person's name. But that's how God made me. I try hard to be better at remembering names. I have gone through great lengths to fix the problem, but I will never be good at it. God made me different than those people who can remember names after meeting someone once. And that is okay. I find that most people understand when I ask their name for the third time. (laughs) Uh, And faster runners don't look down on you if you're not a speedster yourself. Here's something interesting about our DNA. Only about 3% of our DNA is made up of genes. We know that genes are what give us the traits everyone sees in you. 97% of our DNA is there to tell our genes what to do and how to interact with our environment. God gives us free will, and it is housed in that 97%. That means that sin resides there, too. Our propensities and proclivities are all housed within our DNA. The Bible tells us that no one does good in Romans 3.12. It's in our DNA. But further along in chapter 3 of Romans, in verse 25, it says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Here's the most interesting thing about DNA. We're all 99.9% the same. We may have different inclinations and abilities, but we're the same where it counts. God loves every one of us, and Jesus was sent to this earth for all of us. So why do we allow the 0.01% where we're different to divide us? Why do we permit the 0.01% to affect the way we feel about our coworker, our neighbor, or someone who thinks differently than us? I submit that we need to spend more time on the 99.9%. Let me put it another way. If you're a 35-minute 5K runner, Would you go to races if the 20-minute runners all looked down on you and made derogatory comments about your race times? It would be unproductive and would lead to less people going to and enjoying those races. It's not like that because runners understand runners. 
So why do we make unproductive comments about other people and their situations or abilities or personalities? After all, we're 99.9% the same. That's right. You're 99.9% the same as Ryan Hall. But remember that you're also 99.9% the same as the person you most disagree with. I'm not saying that we need to compromise our Christian principles and the things that God has commanded us to do. But come on, we can find some common ground with anyone. And when we start there, recognizing the 99.9%, we can get to the 0.01%, and the Holy Spirit will take it from there. That's an awesome story, Dean, and I, I'm going to make a, a vote right now that, that we somehow get you in front of Congress <laughs> and read that. Um, because now more than ever, everybody needs to understand that. First thing I took from it is you, you said I'm basically as fast as Ron Hall. That's right. That's exactly I'm not, right. I'm not, I'm not, that's what I took from that. That's how close you are. Uh, you know, it's funny. We actually had a, a conversation about this last night as a family. Um, we have a, we have a, a, a Bible study time at night and, and I just like to talk to my family. You know, we, we read through the Bible. Um, and right now we're back in Matthew, and we just read through, and then we just close the Bible, and we just talk about things. And my son, my oldest son, actually brought up exactly what you're talking about. He said, why is it that some people, we were, we were talking about specific lifestyles, and he said some Christians will um, talk down to those people in an effort that they think they're trying to reach them. And, and I said, well, they're wrong. Um, because God said, love is the answer. And I think the way our society has, has twisted things um, recently, or, or it may have been, it's, it's been going on for a long time, but it's really highlighted now. And, and it's this, that if you, if you love someone and you, try to find common ground with them, then that means you agree with everything that they do. And that can't be further from the truth. Yeah. And, and we're not going to get into the, the different things that we're talking about here, but I'm going to use this example. Um, my dad, if, if you've read any of my testimony, my dad was a raging alcoholic from a very young age. And there was a time as a, as a young adult and, and I was starting to start my family, that I had to separate myself from my dad. And mm. it's because I didn't agree with his lifestyle, and I didn't want my kids to see that destructive lifestyle. Yeah. But I loved my dad. Yeah. And when my dad, when, when God finally got a hold of my dad, and, and just like we talked about me smoking, he, he laid... He laid everything down at one time. Well, guess who was the first person there Yeah. when he stopped? I was there. Well, because I didn't, because I removed myself and I didn't associate with that destructive lifestyle did not mean I didn't love him. That's right. And I, I get so tired of hearing that argument that, you know, on one side, if, if you don't, if you don't associate with me and you're not my best friend, that means you hate me. Yeah. And that's not the case. Maybe I don't agree with with what's happening and I have to separate myself. But on the on the flip side, 
just because I love you and and I'm there to find common ground with you also doesn't mean that I agree with everything. Yeah. So, but I think those lines have gotten so blurred and and polarized. Yeah. Uh, recently, and we're seeing it every day in the in the media and the news. And um, you know, I finally, I think I've told you, I finally took Facebook off my phone because it it is one of those things that brings me down, and and I get so uh, captivated by what's on there, and and I just finally had to kind of separate myself from it. But yeah, you you nailed it here, and. And I love that you know I'm I'm as I'm basically as fast as Ron Hall. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Now that you're ninety nine point nine percent the same, not necessarily ninety nine point percent nine percent. Well, that's fast. up for interpretation, yeah, Dean. Come on. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're ninety nine point nine percent the same as whoever that person is. Think of if you, if if you're into politics, think about that politician that you dislike the most. You're ninety nine point nine percent the same as that person. And I think that realization. But we uh, focus on the point one. We do. And that's where we've got to we've, we've yeah. cut that out. The, the best way to reach people is to love them and to find common ground. You know, if, if you know, I've told the story about uh, a guy in the triathlon world. He's a triathlon dad who um, the, the point one percent that we disagree on is very vivid. And it's it's yeah. very um for a lot of people, it would be a deal killer. But I have, I have made myself find common ground with this person because I love this person. I yeah. don't agree with that 0.1%, but everything about this person, mainly because he's a child of God. Yeah. And my desire is to reach him. And if I go up and I get defensive about that 0.1%, do you think he's going to listen to anything else I have to say? Not at all. He's not. That's, and if, yeah, I, you know. That's, that's the point. It is the point. We've, we've got to recognize our, our our similarities before we can ever talk about our differences. Right, exactly. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. Okay, we're back, and we hope that you have looked into becoming a coach and are on your way to doing that. And if you haven't, what are you waiting for? Check that out and become a coach today. It'll change your life, and it'll change the lives of those around you. Do you have, if you're listening out there, I wonder if you have a favorite running story. Um, I've got so many running stories, and of course I've got stories about myself, but my favorite stories are the ones about others. And I was thinking about what is my favorite running-related story, and I think it might be um, a team that I was helping to coach a few years ago, um, Cahulla Creek High School. And the girls' team was in this epic battle with a team from a local team from Calhoun. And the race 
was developing, and as the race developed, I remember running over to the first, seeing them come up the hill in that first quarter of a mile and seeing the Calhoun girls were way up in front of us. And I thought, well, that's a that's not a good start, but we're we're, we're strong and we're smart and we're going to run them down. Well, we I got to the one-mile mark and I looked at them and I realized we were still pretty far behind. I got to two miles and I almost started panicking. And I thought, oh, my goodness, we're going to wind up getting beat. And... um so there were three girls that were running together. And as those three girls were running together, I said to them, I said, somebody has to take charge and somebody has to make a move here or you're going to be second place. And I remember one girl, her name was Lydia. I'll never forget it. It was like this switch went off in her brain and she took off. I mean, it was like, it was like she changed gears. Mm-hmm. And those other two girls fell right in behind her and they followed her. And when she got too tired to keep that up, one of the other girls said, okay, it's my turn. And she stepped up, and she pulled for a little while. Um, and then in the end, um, we came down to the wire, and we knew it was going to be really, really close. Well, in the end, that girl who started that finished. She winds up finishing seventh on the team, which means if you know cross country, you don't really count in the scoring at mm-hmm. number seven. But our number six girl finished right between the number five and the number six girl for Calhoun. She finished one second ahead of the sixth girl. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that in the scoring for cross country, you add up the places, and when we added them all up, we had the exact same number as Calhoun. Mm -hmm. The difference in that case is you go to that number six runner, and our number six runner had won that race by one second. Mm -hmm. The girl who finished seventh came to me afterwards and she was really upset she said i didn't do very well and she wanted to be higher on the team and she was really upset with herself and i looked at her and i thought my goodness do you realize what you did you she started you were the catalyst yeah you were if without you we don't win right and uh, hopefully she looked at it differently from that point but that's my favorite running related story yeah i mean i remember i was at that race uh and that was that was incredible to watch. The, that's, you know, I talk about grit a lot, and that's where grit really kicked in. She was mm-hmm. at wit's end. She had, she thought she had nothing left, but she dug down and she found it. And that's, yeah, yeah I mean, that's just an incredible story. I, I want to talk about a story that has not been written yet. So my son Lane, we've talked about Lane on here before. Uh, Dean coaches Lane in the running. Well, Lane came in my office this morning, and he said, hey, Dean's wanting to do the sub five minute mile tomorrow. I don't think we've talked about what, what, uh, what you're planning on doing, or, or what kind of your streak is that you have. Let's let's talk a little bit about your sub five minute mile streak. Dean has no idea that I was going to bring this up. Well, and just so everybody knows, here my goal has been for this entire year, for the last couple of years actually, was my I ran my first sub five minute mile in i think it was may maybe of 1980 Mm -hmm. Um, and so my thought has been i want to run a sub five minute mile 40 years later Mm -hmm. Um, and so that would be this year and so i've I've thought about that a lot and um, i want to run a sub five minute mile this year and i want to do it sooner than later and uh, so yeah i we talked about that a little bit yesterday that was before (laughs) We decided to start doing core work 
<laughs> with the high school, and of course I did it with them, and I'm so sore today. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm going to do because I really was thinking that that maybe I just need to. I just need to put a date on it, and I just need to do it, and I do need to put a date on it. But um, I just don't know. As sore as I am right now, I just don't know that I could. I could do it. But that's my goal: is to run a sub five minute. And if mile. you don't understand the magnitude of that, you're how old? Fifty four. Fifty four years old and running a sub five minute mile. That's I can only dream of ever doing that. I've never done that. Um, but that's that's an incredible goal, and, and I think you're gonna do it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot, and then if I can do it this year, I'll try to do it at 41 years, and I'll try it at 42. I'll, I'll try to see how far I can go. My understanding is that the furthest anybody has done that is 44 years difference from the uh, first one to the last the one. First one, the last one. Now that guy who did 40 to 44 years actually um, did it every year. Now I haven't done it every year. There were a lot of years that I wasn't even running and didn't do it. But um, so, does it matter if you have? I guess Pacers is okay, and oh yeah, you can do it however you want to do it. As yeah, long as it's as long as it's one mile and and you run four fifty nine point nine. I got a funny story about a friend of mine who did it forty years apart uh, a couple of years ago, and as he did it, as he cro- he was he was so close. It was actually his third or fourth attempt at it. He had he had missed it a few times. He had Pacers and. He was going all he could, and he knew it was going to be close. He was coming down to the finish line, and he was so close that he leaned at the finish line, across the finish line, trying to get there. And he ran 459.9, and when he leaned across the finish line, he fell and broke his arm. (laughs) Now, if you'll ask him today, he will tell you that broken arm was totally worth it. Worth it, it. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So anyway, that's a goal. So thanks for asking. (laughs) Well, we're just kind of holding you accountable here. So now, now you said it. I have to. I have publicly. To, so now you're going to do it. I have to. I have at no least doubt a, that you'll do it. I have to at least attempt it. So, you're going. Yeah. Come on, Dean. You know you can do it. <laughs> I will give it everything I've got. Um, we hey, might. We might even video that. And that would be put fun. it out there for everybody. That would be fun. Put a little pressure on me. I think I'd probably perform better. I'm good uh, at putting pressure. on I know so, you are. You know. I know you are. You've done it before. <laughs> to me. Uh, so here's every week we share one reason why running is so awesome. And this week, the reason is the last six miles of a marathon, otherwise known as halfway. halfway. Um, for those of you who have not run a marathon, we always talk about how the first half of a, of a marathon is 20 miles and the second half is basically 10K because it's, it's, if, you, if you run one, you understand. Yeah. I just I don't know any other way to put it. But nothing will make you explore your inner self so much as being at that 20-mile mark of a marathon. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's funny, too, and, and you've done an Ironman. I've done two Ironmans now. I I even apply that to an Ironman. You, you, you swim 2.4 miles. You bike 112 miles. And then once you run 20 miles, I still say that's the halfway point because the last six miles of an Ironman, it's, it's, it's still the same. Yeah. Even though you've done all those miles, it's that I don't know what it is about that last six miles of a marathon. It's just for me, it's agony. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I've told the story before. Disney, di- the Disney marathon, they they've got that figured out. Um, you know, they start putting gospel <laughs> choirs in the last <laughs> few miles of a marathon, and it's like, you know, I'll never forget hearing that gospel choir, and I thought, this is it. 
I'm, I'm about to head to heaven. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they know that people are needing that boost right then. And uh, so, yeah, it's. Uh, well, and I've only done one Ironman and. Quite frankly, the marathon didn't seem as tough as. But the you're other you're you're, other you're a freak of a runner too. <laughs> uh, I usually go out too fast in a marathon, and that makes that last six miles even yeah. worse. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So our motivational thought from of the week is this, and this is uh, this wasn't even a runner nor a Christian that I know of, uh, but I really thought this was an interesting uh, interesting quote. And it's from a guy named Greg Plitt, who is apparently a fitness model. The clock is ticking. Are you becoming the person you want to be? Uh, the thought is, is we're always trying to strive to be the person that we want to be or the person that God wants us to be. And we're always putting off till tomorrow, mm-hmm. that step. And so just like you pointed out to me, I keep saying, I want to run that sub five minute mile. Well, at some point in time, I got to put some action to doing that. And, uh, and I think that's what this is saying, is you, you, the clock's ticking. I think this, this not, was meant for you. Not going to get any easier. We're going to do that sub-five minute. I say, we're listen at me. We're going to do this sub-five minute mile. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be videoing it. If you're going to video, that's going to be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> then I know I'm, and then I know I'm accountable. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, re- I really I have thought about just going out to the track by myself and just timing myself and just <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, 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 coming no. back and saying, yeah, I did it. <laughs> uh, but we have to have witnesses, though. So. Uh, speaking of motivation and, and, all, and all these things from, from these quotes and the idea of trying to be, be, become better and do, do great things, um, Run Club. Run Club is a great way to connect with others who have similar interests to yours, um, at least as far as running or walking, depending on which one you do, um, and then um, your, your walk of, of faith. So if you haven't joined Run Club and you've happened up on this, then and join Run Club. You're not only joining Run Club, and you're getting all the videos and the podcasts and the the running plans and the the Thursday Night Live Facebook uh, things. And there's just so much packed into to what we do. But you're also supporting a ministry that is trying to share Christ with a running community. And the running community I've found is is a great community, but mm-hmm. it's one that by and large needs Christ. Exactly. And so. Uh, and we've got a lot of things coming. Uh, we're you and I were talking about before this podcast uh, the things that we're about to release. Hopefully, the first part of August uh, is going to knock your socks off. It's for for nine dollars and ninety seven cents a month. You're getting so much content. Just a few of the things that you get would be worth the nine dollars and ninety seven cents. But we're packing much more than that into it, and you're you're helping us you know, to keep doing what we're doing, which is, is waking up every morning and trying to find a way to shine the light of Jesus Christ through this sport that we all love. Yeah, that's great. Hey, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast or YouTube video, whichever way you decided to consume it. Um, give us a five-star review. Comment on the videos. Let us know what you think. Give us feedback. Send me emails. Let us know how we can do better. If you think there's things that we can do better, let us know about topics. Uh, Thursday, we're going to talk about topics that you want to talk about on Thursday night. So I get emails from people all the time saying, hey, why don't we talk about this? And that's good because it keeps us focused in a direction where you want to go. So go to YouTube and subscribe, get notifications, go to wherever you find podcasts and make sure that you're subscribed to us so that you can listen to us every week. Our goal is to make sure we come out with one of these, at least one every single week. And so 
Um, you don't want to miss it. So now, hey, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good word, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.